This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their You got drama yet? Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. My goodness, what a beautiful day in Knoxville, Tennessee time. Serve me up about 365 days of this, and I'm good with it time. It's kind of weird with this weather that we're talking about an indoor sport time, but uh, that's what time of year it is. Guys, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are, I messed up the intro. Welcome to the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Wednesday afternoon. Beautiful, beautiful Wednesday afternoon. Lots of lots of fun stuff to talk about in this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. It is that time of year. It's the uh, postseason basketball time, clearly, if I can get my head on straight today. It's postseason basketball time. Tennessee not really uh, – not really sprinting into the postseason. The win over Florida was better, but still not probably playing the best it's going to play or best it could play. And this is the time of year where you need to be doing that. Uh, before we get to basketball, just quickly mention that Tennessee baseball had been playing really well. Took a big old lump from Charlotte yesterday on the road. The 49ers, by the way, lead the nation in home runs. And uh, you saw why. Hit four of them against Tennessee, including back-to-back-to-back jacks. And the last two were on, I believe, I believe the first pitch of the at-bat. So it was like three pitches, three homers. And uh, the 14th-ranked Vols took it on the chin, 9 nothing against the 49ers. They'll bounce back. I think they're okay. That's baseball. It happens. They got a big three-game set against UNC Greensboro this weekend. Uh, if you're looking for football, you can go uh, back to the first edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast this week where we uh, discussed new interviews that we had with Every member of Tennessee's new defensive staff, Josh Heupel's defensive staff, so tons of stuff there. But mostly, we will be discussing basketball in this episode. Going to preview the SEC tournament, uh, which will be COVID-restricted. There will be some fans there. There will be some media there, including the man we're about to speak with. Uh, but definitely not going to be a normal year. It's just not the way it is. But there will be some people there, and uh, it will be uh, it'll be something And to bring to talk about that. God, my head is all over the place today. To bring in the guy that we're going to speak with about basketball today, the one, the only Grant Ramey down at the Go Vols 24-7 Blount County Satellite Office down there in Maryville. Grant, what's up? Words. Man. That's it. You know, just for posterity's sake, I didn't, like, we probably could have just hit the stop button about seven times in there and gone back in and re-recorded it, but we, we, no, try, to, we, just, try, we try to be organic. Just power through it. Everybody's human. God, one of those days where it's just your, your head's like, where am I today? Where am I today? It's beautiful outside. We'd like to be outside. How many miles have you run today already? Uh, a couple. Do, 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 and then, do you enjoy you know it? It looked, like, it looked like nice running weather. 
you know what I did today? That's the best thing you you do every spring. That first time you get to mow the yard, boy, that's oh, nice. Oh man, I'm jealous. I really, <laughs> really. That's that's some therapy right there. I really can't yet because um, we planted nine new trees uh, in the on the the, the Fort Rucker property uh, over the weekend. Uh, got a got a neighbor and uh, in the back there, and uh, I don't really know what's going on back there. I'm tired of looking at it though. So we're gonna get nine <laughs> new trees, and they're gonna be growing up hopefully nice and tall. Got those uh, cypressy type things that'll hopefully shoot up, provide that fence, kind of like a you know at Maryville's football field there, Maryville High School, kind of the the line of trees there behind the goalposts. Looking for something like that. So uh, need to put some some magic beans in there and see if we can get that thing to grow because uh, there's some people moving in there, and it's like nah, I don't know if I'm gonna trust you yet. I don't know if I want to look at you yet. So we're going to, we did that over the weekend. And uh, long story short, those trees are soaked and they, uh, uh, I cannot uh, really mow here for a couple of days. So really looking forward to it though. I did some weed eating, really, really looking forward to it. Had to settle for taking uh, Sir Angus McCorgan for a walk today. Ramey, here's the thing. We're going to be speaking for the next 45 minutes about a basketball tournament that Tennessee, you know, never wins. Uh, Tennessee, uh, it's just amazing, and I don't want to belabor this point, but Tennessee, you you go back and over the past, what, 30 years or so, 30, 40 years in this league, there aren't many teams in this league who have won more games overall than Tennessee has. Obviously, Kentucky has, um, and, and you know, that, that might be it in terms of just, you know, con- consistency. I know Tennessee had some struggles there during the Wade Houston years. Um, but for the past 30 or 40 years or so, Tennessee's won about as much in this league as anybody not named Kentucky. Been a high seed in the SEC tournament several times, had some nice runs in the NCAA tournament, won a few regular season SEC titles, have not won this tournament since 1979, um, the, the, the old Smashing Pumpkins song. So what I'm, what I'm asking here is, as far as I know, the Smashing Pumpkins have not released a song called 2021. So I don't know what's going to happen now, but, but Tennessee – in this thing, just a really, really bad, bad history. I believe they're the only, they're the, among teams that have won the tournament, I don't think uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Missouri have. I think that might be the three. Tennessee is, it's, it's been the longest um, for Tennessee than it's been for any other team since 79. So every other team that's won the tournament has won the tournament since Tennessee last won the tournament, which is which is crazy in its own right, but it also feels like, it almost it applies to this Tennessee team and the Rick Barnes era because they've never done it, but they've had a lot of success in the tournament even without winning it. I mean, yeah. there's only been one year uh, under Rick where they didn't win at least two games in the SEC tournament, which is kind of crazy. That first year they were the number 12 or 13 seed, I think, 13 mm-hmm. maybe. They beat Auburn really uh, really big on the first night. They upset Vanderbilt the second night, and they kind of ran out of gas against that Ben Simmons LSU team. Uh, on that third game uh, in three days in St. Louis in 2018. Uh, they go to the title game. Uh, they beat Mississippi State, I think. They beat Arkansas really good in the second round semifinals. Mm-hmm. And they and they get a Kentucky team that had, they had beat twice in the regular season. And it's hard to beat a team three times in a row, and that was a pretty talented Kentucky team. And William Gabriel went off. Uh, and then, obviously, 2019, everybody remembers how emotional the final five minutes were in that comeback they had against Kentucky in the semifinals. Uh, they come from eight down with like two minutes left to win that one and then just get absolutely ran out of the building on Sunday against an Auburn team that was hitting its stride that, that nobody really realized at the time was was going to be on a Final Four run uh, yeah. and, and playing. Maybe, about we, as, maybe we should have noticed it that day because that was a pretty good Tennessee play, team that had just drilled. Right, right, and obviously we were looking more at Tennessee than Auburn, but Auburn 
couldn't have been playing better basketball right there. That then they went through Kansas and they went through you know all those blue bloods on the way to the Final Four. So they've had success. Uh, the only time they did have success, they were one and done against Georgia uh, in the eight nine game. I think in Rick's second year, and then obviously last year, the tournament gets canceled. I, I, they were in that eight nine game again last year. I don't know how well they would have performed there, but they were playing better towards the end of the year uh, through John Fulkerson. So they've had success, and I think they have the talent. Uh, this time around, and they have that double buy, that all-important quarterfinal that we kept pointing to the last couple of weeks, saying, how are they going to get this? Can they still get it? They had some stuff fall their way the, uh, last week of the regular season. They took care of business against Florida uh, at home on senior day after a really slow start. Played really well the last 25 minutes of that game. So they got the talent. They got the, they got the setup. Um, they're the only team in the bracket that could be playing a team that's playing its third game in three days, which is kind of a strange setup with only 13 teams in the true in the bracket this year with no Auburn. So uh, you never know what happens. It's, it's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen at some point. It's not going to go on forever. Eventually the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. So true. we'll see when that happens. Yeah, I think I've covered, and I might be missing a year here, so let me know, but I, I think the past three times Tennessee's played in the SEC championship or SEC tournament championship game, I think I've been in the building for all three of those uh, because there was the one years ago or during the Pearl era where they were down there in Tampa. And I remember uh, I looked at the forecast before heading down there and it was like all four days or whatever were like sunshine, like in the eighties. And so I didn't pack uh, a jacket. So I was like, I'm not even me. Like I'm not going to need a jacket and get down there for the arena, like for Tennessee shoot around and I walked in the building and I went, holy bleep, why is it like 10 degrees in here? Not thinking at all that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning played in that same arena and that they put, they put the court on top of the ice. And so I was just like, nope, nope, not doing this. And so I was like, okay, it's Florida. There's got to be a golf outlet somewhere. And lo and behold, like just a couple miles away, there was like a like a golf outlet store. And I went and got like a FootJoy pullover. And I was like, that's what I wore like for four days down there because it was like 80 billion degrees outside minus 20 inside because we were sitting right on the court. And, and so I remember that because Tennessee got to the to the tournament championship game, played Mississippi State. I believe that was the, right. the Jarvis, Vernado, uh, Vernado uh, Mississippi State team. Mm-hmm. Lost that game. Pretty, pretty decent game, but Tennessee just didn't play very well. Was an overwhelming favorite, just did not win the game. Uh, and then uh, I remember the Kentucky final uh, a couple years ago. That was in St. Louis, right? Right. That's where we left, and I left my car keys. Remember there when we were leaving the arena? Uh, right. I, I left my car keys there, and we had to turn back around to go back and find them before we left. And then I remember you left a phone. You left a phone, phone. on a urinal somewhere. Yeah, was like that yeah, in like Louis? A, yeah, yeah. That's where it was. I left the phone on top of the urinal in the bathroom. Not not in the urinal on the urinal. yeah, like on top of it. And so I'm not a savage. Like, come on now, I, I put the phone down but I didn't pick it back up. And so we had to turn back around, go back through parts of of Missouri or whatever, go get it, find it, wherever it was. I think I used like the ping function or whatever, trying to find it, found it in a bathroom. uh, And then we left. But Tennessee, importantly, that was uh, just, I think that was the the Gilgis Alexander game where he just went bonkers. Winion Gabriel went off in that game too. Yeah, he had a bunch of those corners. He was in a ton of threes. But yeah, Shaq Gilgis Alexander was a... He was a bad, and that was a really good basketball game. That was a back and forth, yep. um, you know, crowd split in half. Um, those Tennessee Kentucky Warriors have been crazy the last few years. Um, and this team, I mean, it, 
you could end, you could end up getting an A and M or a Vanderbilt if something crazy happens. But it almost feels like this team. You want Florida again because this team needs as many tests as possible. This team does not need an opponent that you would think okay, not easy, but it, it could have been a lot worse to get an A and M or a Vanderbilt uh, opposed to a Florida. I think this team needs tests. I think you need uh, Florida. You need to try to beat them again. You need to try to build on what you did in the, your last game of the regular season, and then you need an Alabama in the second round in the semifinals on Saturday, or you need a Kentucky. Uh, I mean, what luck is it for Alabama to win the thing and, and to be as good as they have been all season and they get Kentucky in an eight, nine game uh, facing Mississippi state, uh, not a very fun draw. I know Alabama's lost 11 in a row uh, to S to Kentucky in the SEC tournament. So Tennessee needs, I think those kind of tests stacked on top of each other leading into the NCAA tournament next week. I don't think they need anything where they can almost overlook or take your foot off the gas or kind of coast a little bit. They need those kind of tests. Yeah, you know, in a normal year, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to play a team in the tournament that I had just beaten in a close game a few days before the tournament. That that's not ideal um, mm-hmm. because history shows law of averages. You know that that thing could go the other way. Plus, you know, I assume Trey Mann will be back. Um, you know, migraines are no fun. As someone who has them, I can tell you they're not fun. Uh, and so he was not able to play in the game of Thompson Bowling. And if he had played, well, that Florida lead would have been probably even larger, and Florida may have had some opportunities to come back in the game once Tennessee took the lead. So um, you can't really go back butterfly effect on what would happen if Trey Mann had played. But the fact is they'll probably be okay and have him for this one. So that matchup – um, this year has been Tennessee has never played full strength Florida. Um, I guess you could say Florida is not going to be full strength all year because no Keontae Johnson, preseason player of the year. But still, uh, that's a pretty good team when everybody else is there. And, you know, Trey Mann's going to be their first NBA draft pick since 2013, which is an insane stat. But, but still, uh, bottom line is I think it'll be Florida. And I don't know that in a normal year you would want it to be Florida because you just played them. But, you know, it's not a terrible matchup, and if Tennessee plays the way it can play, I would still think I would rather have Tennessee's roster than Florida's, especially without taking Keontae Johnson in the mix. So you get that, and then the next day, if you if you win that game, which let's let's not assume, but let's let's just say that Tennessee wins that game, then you go on to Alabama, Kentucky the next day. Um, you know, that's a that's a tough matchup either way. But, you know, this was the league Tennessee was was picked to win. This was the league Tennessee was supposed to go in there and, and succeed against. And, and, and especially when Kentucky starts slow, no Keontae Johnson for Florida. You know, it just kind of looked like the thing was set up for this is Tennessee's year and then who's going to be battling for second. Um, things don't go that way. And right now, I don't know how you could make any legitimate argument based off of the past seven weeks that Tennessee is even the fourth best team in this league right now. Um, because seven weeks is not like a blip. It's not like, it's not a small section of time. That's a pretty good amount of time. And over that time, there is no way in the world Tennessee has been the fourth best team in this league. On on paper, talent-wise, probably should be. So maybe you think, okay, disappointing regular season, maybe could be an interesting time for a tournament run. I mean, it wouldn't be the strangest thing I've ever seen. No, and, and Tennessee fans obviously always want to end that streak, that, that 1979 date that, that everybody knows about at this point. 
Um, in the past, 2017, 18, 2018, 19, it felt like they went into this tournament thinking it's going to be disappointing if you don't get to Sunday. And on top of that, if you don't win it, um, maybe the second time in 2018, 19, more so than 2018. Um, but either way, you went there thinking Tennessee has a legit shot to win this. They're one of the best teams in the league. We yeah. saw it play out all season, and it didn't happen. This team, to me, feels like the way I would look at it if I'm a Tennessee basketball fan. If, if you win the thing, great. If you don't, hopefully you're building on what you did against Florida uh, on Sunday, uh, against Florida on Friday, or whoever they play. And if you win that, hopefully you're building on that on top of uh, what you did. You're building – Saturday on what you did Friday and, and before that. Uh, and, and if you get to Sunday, whatever, um, if you don't, it's, it's more so about how they play and what happens more so than do they win this tournament or not? Do they get to the title game or not? Do they get to the semifinals or not? How can they help themselves when it's geared toward the NCAA tournament? Because this team, like you said, they're, they're probably not the best fourth, uh, fourth best team in the league or one of the top four teams in the league. But at the same time, the SEC was pretty cannibalistic for those last seven weeks. It wasn't only Tennessee. There was a lot of up and down basketball yeah. across the league, and it just so happened to fall Tennessee's way on the last day um, of the season. So, you know, against Florida, they had more <clears throat> They had more dunks. They had more tip-ins. They had more layups. They had more three-pointers. The, the mid-range kind of disappeared a little bit finally, uh, what people have been talking about for the last Thank six weeks. Thank God. Finally kind of happened. So if you do get – that would be one advantage if you do get Florida again you're going to have basically the same blueprint, except you're going to add Trey Mann in there. You're going to stop Trey Mann, and you're going to try to score the same way you scored uh, over the last 25 minutes of that game on Sunday. So I think that's one advantage. But to me, it's it's less about can they win this thing? It's more about can they keep playing a way that, that looks like sanity for once in a long time and, and kind of parlay that into the NCAA tournament next week. Yeah, that's always the interesting thing is that you, you tell people, you know, this is a postseason sport. Because uh, it is right, you know, it, it's not it's not college football. It's it's very much a postseason sport. Uh, and then people say, well, in the SEC tournament, the postseason, yeah, it it, it is. Um, but it's not it's not the only tournament that really, really, really matters. Um, and, and I think there's a reason why you look at someone like you know, look at what Cal Perry said over the years. He's not said they don't care about the SEC tournament, but he has said everything but that over the years saying, listen, like I, you know, it's not normally something that we put near the top of our board. Like we want to play well in the tournament after that. Uh, so that's what matters to us. Now you could say that because Kentucky is almost always in the thing, um, you know, wrapped up this year, they don't win the SEC tournament. They're not, they're not playing in the NCAA tournament. So you'll probably have Kentucky as motivated as it's ever been to play in this thing. But generally speaking, um, you know, if you're Kentucky and you're almost always in the thing, you can you can take that attitude, right? It's like you you, you don't hang banners for Sweet Sixteens uh, in in Lexington. You just don't do that. I mean, that's your your Final Four, your national title. You're not going up there in the rafters, and, and so it's different for different programs. But for Tennessee right now, you have clinched your ticket to the dance, right? That is what that's what matters. Like if you told me right now, Tennessee gets you know loses by thirty to Florida, and then goes to like the Elite Eight. You know, be like, yeah, you would take that. You would take that trade right now and say, yes, 100% would love that to happen. But um, it's also just something, it, it's it's a point of pride. It's in your state now. It's in mm -hmm. very much a, a UT Orange Pantone 151 town, which Nashville still is. Um, it's in your state capital. You haven't won it since 1979. It is important. 
you know, it's important to Tennessee. But, and, and like Rick Barnes said, anytime you win a championship, it's a good thing. That's what you want. You want a championship culture. You know, uh, he said, I believe that 15, 20 years later, they bring you back and you get to wave to the crowd when you win a championship. People don't right. forget you. And I, I think right. people would around here would remember fondly. I think some people around here would take the trade of saying, you know what? This was supposed to be the first. This was supposed to be an SEC championship team. It's going to finish fourth. It's going to frustrate you. But then it'll win the SEC tournament. I think people might take that trade in some ways. I think people are tired of losing this thing. They want to just win it at least once or twice, right? They just want to win the thing. So that is important. But for Tennessee, what matters is putting yourself in position to succeed the week after. But it's not like this isn't an important thing. No, it's it's important because it's it hasn't happened in so long. With, when you're John Calipari and you've won as many SEC tournaments as he's won, you can kind of dismiss it and throw it away a little bit and say, that's great, you know, a title's a title, but the real thing, like you said, the real tournament they want to play well in is next week. It's, it's a lot easier to say that and to get away with saying that when you've had the tournament success that they've had. Tennessee, it's, it's kind of, you know, obviously it's the opposite. It's why can't they ever win this thing? Why has it been so long since they've won this thing? I think, I think LSU, Kentucky, and Tennessee – the last three years are the top three teams in win totals uh, in the SEC in that order. Yeah. Uh, and when you're that good or when you're, when you've been consistently good over that period of time, you'd expect maybe for, you know, one of these tournaments to fall your way and, and to win the thing, but for whatever reason, it doesn't happen. It hasn't happened. Um, and it, maybe it's a little added frustration that they've got to the championship Sunday. The last two times this tournament's been played and it didn't go their way. Um, but right now with this team, honestly, uh, Seeding in the NCAA tournament is going to be so important. Their draw, what bracket they fall in. Yeah. Um, obviously, you want to avoid the Gonzagas and the Baylors, that's, but that's pretty far down the road for anything Tennessee would have to worry about. My thing is, this team seems like a number six seed in the NCAA tournament, and I think they – I don't know if they could handle the pressure if they won this thing and, and played really well, the SEC tournament. I don't think they – I don't know how well they would handle the pressure. They've not handled success number- well of being a number four seed in the NCAA tournament, there's an added pressure to that for sure. I mean, you can go back to 19 and Tennessee's a two seed and Colgate's a 15 seed and Colgate starts erasing that deficit in the second half and hitting some shots. And that arena turns on you quick. And, and obviously it's, it's this completely different scenario this year with no fans and or a very limited number of fans. What's the, what's that atmosphere going to be like, but there is pressure that comes with those high seeds. So I don't, I don't think it's the end of the world if this, uh, team loses Friday, Saturday, whatever, and ends up being a six seed uh, in this tournament because it's almost those six seeds uh, would be a little bit more. It feel, feels like a comfort level almost. You, you just want to avoid that 11 seed Michigan State type crazy, you know, matchup North Carolina uh, if they keep trending that way. Um, but I think honestly, you want to win this thing, you want to get it over with, you want to have that notch in your belt. But obviously, if you don't, there's good things that can still happen down the road. Yeah, I would rather be – I've said this several times. I would rather be a six seed than a four or a five seed in just about every NCAA tournament. And, you know, I'm trying to think down the road, right? Like if you're Tennessee, you know, you want to get to the first Final Four in program history. You want to win a national championship. You want to do these things. You're not going to be able to avoid, you know, guys for long. And if you're like a six seed, obviously you get a tougher uh, first-round game. You get a tougher second-round game. Um, but if you can get if you can get a little run going, you avoid that one seed. You're on the other half of the bracket, and that, that's that matters, I think, um, because in this particular year, you've got 
you know, I think I said all I said all year, like a lot of people did. There are two teams at the top, and then everybody else is chasing them. There's three now. Okay, I think Michigan lost the game the other day. But that's a rivalry game. You're playing at state. Sparty's playing well. Izzo in March, never an easy thing. I, I'm I'm not saying that's a pass, but yeah, it's not a big deal to me. I think those are the three teams at the top of the pecking order right now. And then you you don't want to play those teams until you have to. And not that Tennessee would be scared of any of them because Tennessee has talent and, and some guys that can do some things. Uh, and those guys probably wouldn't want to see Tennessee early on either because they know that's potentially a really good team when it plays well. So, But I'm trying to think down the road. Like I would rather be a six than a four or five all day long. Um, that's just, you know, and I get why that's not a unanimous opinion, but that's just. And, and, I mean, we should we should mention the juju that comes with a possible number six seed, the possible juju. They've only been a number six seed once, and that was in 2010. Uh, and they went to the Elite Eight in 2010. And they came a free, uh, they throw, had a stretch a f- free throw away from going to the Final Four. Right. And and they had a stretch in that 2010 season. I looked it up from January 23rd to February 23rd. They're five and five over 10 games. So people would want to connect the dots and, and say the stars are aligning. But I, I mean, I just think they would, they could succeed as a six seed. Um, they could succeed as a four seed if they get one. But I just think there's a lot more pressure. And I think I agree uh, with some of the matchup stuff that uh, life can be tougher as a four or five versus a six. Plus, you you avoid the five twelve, which you know is always the thing that you yes the you famous five twelve the famous five twelve. Um, guys, there's something that that if Tennessee is going to play well, whether it's this weekend, uh, whether it's next weekend, whether it's whenever it is, there's something that Tennessee did a little bit better against Florida that it's absolutely going to have to do if it wants to have success going forward. I think a lot of you probably know what it is, but uh, we're still going to tease it. We're going to go to break, pay some bills, listen to products, add services, in-house ads, all those other fun things. My brain is, sucks today. Uh, but That was a professional tease, though. Yeah, it was. It was, it was professional until I started talking. The thought was professional. The execution was not. Anyway, back in a second. Hashtag ad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. A beautiful, beautiful day 
beautiful afternoon, early evening here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Grant Ramey just down the road, down out there at the Govals 24-7 satellite office in Blount County, down in Maryville, talking Tennessee basketball. Going to get right back into it after we mention a couple things. As always, guys, uh, we always ask, and it's because it's this is how important it is. We have to mention it on every podcast because this is how important it is. Please take a minute out of your day right now. Go subscribe to this podcast. Please rate and review this podcast. We do this for free, and we're happy to do it. Really, really we are. We're happy to do it. But the one thing we ask in return, and it's a small thing, so I don't think it's too much to ask. Uh, please go please go in there, rate and review this podcast. Please subscribe, whether you're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. This has been a great ride watching these these metrics over the past year, a uh, couple years just content, con- just consistently, consistently going up. Uh, it's been really, really fun to be a part of this, and we thank you for doing that. Uh, but if you'll keep rating and reviewing this podcast and hitting that subscribe button, that will help us a lot. That helps us in the metrics. That helps more people uh, join this wolf pack. And also, just tell your friends, right? Tell your friends, uh, your your work proximity associates, your frenemies. Hell, even call your arch enemy if you want. I don't care. If you if you got someone in your life, you know they love the Vols. You know they love the sound of sexy voices like ours. Please go in there and tell them to subscribe to this podcast and give us a shot. Also, this is a great time to go check out GoVols247.com. There's never a bad time, but this is a good time. Go right now. You can get uh, you can get 30% off of an annual subscription. You can get a seven-day free trial for a monthly. You can do all kinds of great things. And with everything going on right now with football, football recruiting, new staff there, uh, new contacts going out there, uh, you got basketball going into the postseason, uh, you got Lady Vols going into the postseason and playing some some much better basketball of late. Um, you, you've got Tennessee baseball, which had a real turd burger of a Tuesday, um, but in general is ranked 14th in the country, doing a lot of big things. Vitello and that program had a big sweep last weekend, despite not having two of their three weekend starting pitchers available. So lots and lots of good stuff going on there. Also administrative news with the new AD, Danny White, in town. All kinds of fun things, and this is a good time to go check it out. So go to GoVols247.com and check that out. Grant, going back to Tennessee basketball, I think we all know that in addition to Trey Mann not playing, there was one huge difference in that Tennessee-Florida game on Sunday, and that was that the incredible folk decided to turn green again and start playing basketball for Tennessee the way he's capable of playing basketball. Uh, it was a really, really, you know, I, I hate that I wasn't in the building. I, I just, the COVID rules, we, we get one credential per outlet, grants the beat writer, that's his seat. Uh, but I, I would, if that's John Fulkerson's final game at, ten, at, at Thompson Bowling, and I'm not convinced it is, but if it was, uh, just what a way to go out, that those emotions at the end of the game there, him coming off of a miserable couple of months and, and really playing a, a pretty strong game, attacking, keeping Tennessee in the game early, you know, getting some rebounds, making some big buckets, doing those kind of whirling dervish, Tasmanian devil-looking awkward spins that he does, uh, just look like himself again. And the question here is this, Grant, and this is one that we can't answer yet, but we can definitely discuss. Was that just getting back on the horse one final time for, you know, for, for potentially your last game at Tennessee and Thompson Bowling Arena? Or was it actually a sign that he's going to come back and play and he's going to be like this from now on? I honestly don't know because John Fulkerson could be all kinds of injured, could have all kinds of COVID fatigue, all the things that we either know or believe he's dealing with. Um, but his final, potentially final game at Thompson Bowling, that would motivate him 
to go be a madman no matter what. Uh, that's how important the place is to him. But Tennessee needs him to have that same energy going forward. Uh, and is he capable of doing that? Do we think he'll do that? They have to have him do that. And, and that's uh, funny because that was the exact question I asked John after the game. Are you channeling your senior day emotions into this motivated performance? Or is this something that you think you know you can keep carrying into the SEC tournament, into the postseason? Uh, beyond, he basically said, I hope I can keep carrying it and he didn't say it was just the senior day emotions he he just tried to help his team but that's the exact guy that they have to have I mean he looked angry at the rim the way he attacked the rim he didn't fade away he wasn't spinning on the block and fading away from the rim he was attacking the uh, attacking the rim driving getting to the block and spinning and uh, drawing contact going to the floor Um, that spin move you know straight straight down the lane set him up right spin left I mean that's vintage yeah. Uh, John Fulkerson from from last from last year February 2020, um, so that's the guy that they have to have because when Fulky, you know, he only scored four points in the second half, but he kind of kept them alive in the first half when, mm-hmm. when Florida was running out to that 31-17 lead over the first 15 minutes. Fulky was the one scoring. Fulky was the one that was kind of coming up with answers, um, getting some man one opportunities, stuff like that. That's the guy they have to have. They have to have Josiah Jordan James be the eight rebound, eight points, ten rebounds you know, a block assist, whatever, lead the team in plus minus. They have to have him be that guy. And when those two guys, you know, do what they do Sunday, you can have Keon Johnson turn it over early. You can have Jaden Springer not play his best game of the season. You can, you know, you can have a little hiccups through the rest of the lineup if you have those two guys, those two veterans leading the way they did. And, and John's going to have to keep attacking. He can't be that guy that, that just spins and fades away from the rim and tries to shoot over people. He's got to be that guy that, that looks angry at the rim and is going to attack, and they have to have Josiah that, that's going to be that glue guy and help fill in the gaps uh, across the board. Yeah, you just hit on all the important things right there. And I think that with Jaden Springer, I'll add this. I'm not concerned about him going into the postseason because in that Florida game, he, he, was, he, he struggled. And you can look at it throughout this season – when Jaden Springer has struggled or not been there, Tennessee has not been as good as a team. Uh, go back to that old Miss game. Uh, there, there's been a couple times this year where he has just a couple other the, – they're escaping me off the top of my head. But games Al- where he, Alabama, yeah. he didn't play. Florida, he didn't yeah. play. There's other games where it, he didn't play well. Yeah, LSU, there's ones where he didn't play well. Yeah, LSU. There have been some games where he did not play well, and that absolutely was a difference for Tennessee. It just it, They need him. But he was not feeling well in that game. Uh, he's had, I believe, some sinus issues – uh, it's that time of year. He's never lived in Knoxville before, and the allergies here are real. The struggle is real for a lot of people with allergies here. I think he's had some issues there. They, they can get that cleaned up. He just he wasn't feeling physically great uh, for that Florida game. Um, but I think it was so, so important that Josiah Jordan-James got that wrist healthy. Didn't even play with the, with the brace on, or you know, not even really heavy tape uh, on that thing for that game, which is important because – uh, he's a guy that just Tennessee needs on the court. I mean, this team does have some depth, but there's also a couple guys it just has to have. It's like when they have everybody there doing their roles, nobody has to go outside of their role. Um, they're, they're, they're a pretty darn good team. Uh, when they play defense the way they can and when they have the energy, they're, they're pretty good. One concern, kind of a micro concern, even within that performance that Fulkerson had on senior day, was that, as you said, he only had four points in the second half. And I wonder if that's just because Florida said, oh, no, Fulky's back. 
now we're going to have to defend him a little better again. We got to go back to the the first game plan and try to take him away a little bit because they probably weren't playing him quite as hard early in the game because why would they? He hadn't been doing anything lately. Uh, so was that the case or was it the fact that whether it's COVID fatigue, whether it's the banged up shoulder or wrist, that the amount of energy that Fulky has going into every game is just not what it usually is and the meter kind of ran out a little bit there in the second half. I don't know. To be candid, I, I don't know what it is because I have a concern that maybe just because of all those emotions early on from senior day, you know, it's a big day for him. Even though he might come back next season, uh, it, it was there were a lot of emotions early, and he was like kind of a madman again, but then the the, the he just kind of ran out of petrol, as they might say over there in England, uh, just did not – have enough to finish. And I wonder about that. I honestly wonder which one it is because uh, they need him to to play that well again. And if it's, you know what, he can play 18 minutes or 20 minutes a game and that's it, uh, then they need to trust Olivier Comois or they need to trust that small ball lineup and say, I would rather have 20, 18 to 20 minutes of good John Fulkerson than 30 minutes of mediocre John Fulkerson. Um, and, and that's not been Rick's MO, you know, quite honestly, you know, when he trusts a guy, he usually leaves him out there. And I just can't help but wonder if they need to just, even though they've had another week of rest here, if they're going to have to be really careful with Fulkerson's minutes in order to get more energy out of him. I would say it's a combination of Florida saying this guy, the good version of John Fulkerson showed up and, and we can't expect him to just, uh, not produce the way he, you know, he had those games where he just didn't produce uh, leading into that one. Um, maybe a, also a combination of how well they were playing in the second half. And, and there's a lot of other things that were clicking. Uh, yeah. The defense was clicking. Uh, the the rebounding was, was really good. I mean, if you, if you defend and rebound uh, and Fulkerson had a big part in that, mm-hmm. um, if you only score four points, you can live with that because you're dominating the glass and you're being really suffocating and aggressive on the defensive end. So, I mean, he's a guy that that meter is probably going to run out over the next couple of weeks in some of these games like that, especially if he has to play three games in three days uh, coming up here in the SEC tournament, or if you have to play those two games in three days, the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, fortunately for Tennessee, I don't know what Rick's going to do with minutes in terms of Olivier, because sometimes we see him, sometimes we don't. Sometimes he just disappears in the second half. And for whatever reason, Rick just doesn't go his way. Um, Fortunately for Tennessee and for Rick and for Fulkerson, they've had one game the past 12 days when this whatever team they play Friday tips off. That game tips off because they obviously lost at Auburn. They had a full week off. They beat uh, Florida. And then they had, you know, what, five days off before they had to play Friday. So that's a pretty unique break in a college basketball schedule this time of year for a team that really needed that kind of break. And for a player specifically, John Fulkerson, um, that needed that kind of break because the, the role stuff you're talking about, these guys, when, when those Josiah and John, it is like a trickle-down effect. Like when they fulfill their roles, everybody else kind of falls in line and understands what they need to do. When those guys aren't there, when Josiah's hurt and John's not playing well, it's almost like everybody, it's it's the where's Rommel speech all over again because they're trying to figure out what role all these guys are supposed to be playing. And, and, who's, then, who's and, the then, guy? and then Keon Johnson turns it over more because he's pressing. Right. And Jaden's trying to do a lot and everybody just kind of steps on each other's toes. I don't know what the phrase I'm trying to look for here is just those roles just aren't there if those first couple pieces of the puzzle don't start it off. So I think that's what they got to find, whether that's 
you know, one good half from Fulkerson and a kind of mediocre second half, if, if he can get you 10 and a half, you're going to live with that. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's something that, that there could be one and, and we'll have a postseason like, you know, after the NCAA tournament, we'll, we'll have a season wrap episode. And, and, and I have a sneaking suspicion that one thing we're going to be talking about. And again, I don't think it's like the, the key to the entire thing, but I do believe, and I really do believe this, that not giving Olivier Cumwell more minutes throughout the season will be something this staff ultimately regrets. Uh, yes. Because there have been times where when Fulkerson was just not getting it done, and I get why they tried to go small, but then Josiah Jordan-James is hurt too. And Olivier Cumwell still has a lot of ability. I, I know people might go back and forth on that, but I think the kid can shoot it a little bit too. I think he has got uh, – I'm not saying he's like a, a lottery pick or anything like that. Don't 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 get that twisted. I'm just saying there's a lot of ability there. And I think he's a guy who can be a difference maker and can help you. And I, I really wish that they had stuck with him a little bit more, you know, because there are some guys that Rick Barnes just does not let them make mistakes. Others No, there's there's no leash for some of these guys. Yeah, and and o- he's that guy. And others they they get a leash. And, and it's yes. like you know, we saw this w- with Bone and Turner and other guys earlier in their career. He does a lot with every point guard he ever has. You know, he eventually reaches a point where he kind of lengthens the leash. You know, there's times where he's like, okay, like Fulkerson at this point has to make like three huge mistakes in the opening minute before he gets yanked. And Barnes says that, no, go sit for five minutes. Um, there are, other, you know, Eve Pons, you know, also he makes a mistake. You know, he gets lost on defense occasionally or something like that. Okay, give him a chance. You know, just just look at him and say, slow down. Um, you know, get, get focused. Uh, other guys – they don't get it, and that's going to be something at the end of the season that I think there's going to be a time where they're really going to regret. Um, and people talk about you know Corey Walker, all those guys. I, I think he's at least a year away. I wouldn't. I'm not worried about that. Kumwa is the guy who I think, um, you know, and it's hard to blame Barnes for wanting to go down with what he thinks are his guys, his proven mm-hmm. guys. This was a veteran laden team, other than the backcourt. So I, I get it, um, but I think that's going to be something that they might end up regretting or. Fulkerson goes on a bender for the next month and they end up, you know, cutting down some nets or something. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I just have a sneaking suspicion that's going to be something that they regret. You're going to need them next year. I mean, they're going to be busy on the transfer market and they're going to try to get bigs in, but you're going to need that kind of depth that they don't have right now in the post. And, and Olivier's shown progress. I agree. He can't replace John Fulkerson. He can't be that guy that produces every bit as much as John can when John is on, but he can help you out in spurts and he can get he can get Fulkerson some minutes on the bench when he needs some uh, to get kind of caught up. Uh, I think Olivier has shown that progress here and there uh, over the course of the season. It's just that when he makes a mistake, like you said, Fulky can make three mistakes. If Olivier thinks about making a mistake, Rick reads his mind and gets him out of the game. I mean, that's how, that's how short the leash has been, but I I agree. That's something that at this point in the season, I feel like I would have wanted to expand and not restrict, um, but Rick's going to roll with his guys and, and we see, and credit to Rick, I was asking him going into that Florida game, basically, when do you, when's the point where you give up on Fulke? Yeah. And he said, I'm not giving up on Fulke. And he had pretty good reason not to because uh, John came out and played really well. Yeah, he got pretty feisty in that one, that press conference. I, that, 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 was a, that was a feistier than usual Zoom. I remember that because a few of us kept asking questions about Fulkerson and, you know, changing some minutes and things. And he was just not having it. He was, yeah. yeah but he is funny, though. With, with Kumwa, he does get a little bit kind of like a, you know, kind of like the old uh, the old Catholic priest saying, if you thought it, you did it. It's the same thing. Yes. You know, he's like, if you thought about a mistake, that means you made a mistake, and that means you have to go on the bench. Um, but I'll make one final prediction before we get out of here, too. I, I think that Tennessee 
will not be able to make it to to Sunday in this tournament unless either Friday or Saturday is a big game from Santiago Viscovi. I think Tennessee desperately, you know, that's one X factor that we almost never talk about because all the talk goes about those two freshmen. Um, You know, Victor Bailey's been the guy kind of carrying them at times lately. Um, He's been playing really a lot better. He's still not a good defender, but offensively he's such a plus. I still think that Vescovi is so important to what they do because Rick just trusts him to run the offense. Clearly, he plays 30-plus minutes every night. He plays as much as anybody, and people say, why? Because Barnes trusts him. Barnes wants him to run that thing, and he trusts him to do it. So if you can get one of those random games where he hits about five or six threes, uh, which he's capable of doing, 100% capable of doing it. I mean, he crushed LSU in his first game seven days after he got to America last year when he wasn't in shape. So he's capable of doing that. And, and I just keep, keep thinking, people are going to start marking Bailey a little tighter now. People are going to have to pay attention to Fulkerson again. You cannot, under any circumstances, ignore those two freshman guards. You just can't because they will, they'll light you up. They'll put 25 on you if you're not careful. And when you do that, that leaves a little more room for a guy like Vescovi to just kind of sit there and roam around the perimeter, swing the ball back and forth, get the ball into the post, go spot up, find his spot, which is right there on the right wing, uh, go get there, and if you catch it there, let it go. And if he can have one of those games, Grant, that changes things for this team, I think. You can go back to 2018, the team that, that shared the, the regular season title. They got their trophy on the floor before they played Mississippi State in that quarterfinal game on that Friday night in St. Louis. And then they really had to kind of fight off Mississippi State in the second half uh, of that game. And, and they were just kind of – just looked like, like they were going through the motions a little bit. You were kind of wondering for a little bit, like, is this team really going to get bounced one and done? Uh, after the season they had. And then what happened the next day uh, against Arkansas? They ran Arkansas out of the building because James Daniel III all of a sudden hit like five or six threes, it feels like. He went off. He scored a certain amount of points. I don't know what it was. It felt like he hadn't scored that many points all season for Tennessee. He just got hot in that game. And behind him and behind, you know, Jordan Bone, kind of some of the regulars, they ran out Arkansas out of the building and they advanced to Sunday. My, My point is the point you're making, you need that random guy to show up in some of these games in March. You know, you're most Tennessee fans. You need a Ryan Klein sometimes yeah. to go off and to be a Ryan Klein to help you win that kind of game. And it, it could be and it could be it could be Eve. It could be Santi. It could be Victor Bailey. It could be any of these guys. You need John Fulkerson to do what he does. You need Josiah to do what he does, but you need one of these other guys to go off in some of these games to kind of keep you alive because that's what March is. You get a random performance from some guy you haven't talked about in six weeks. Uh, and suddenly you're off to the next round. So if it's Santi, if it's Victor Bailey Jr., if it's, you know, you go down the list, whoever. Um, if it's one of those freshman guards, you would kind of expect it more. But you need somebody to go off that you weren't going to really count on going off into that game. Yeah, and I think that it's just a suspicion. It's not um, – it's one of those things that's more of a hunch than like something that I've been studying – numbers and looking at metrics and figures and say, this is it. You know, I, this is this is just a hunch that, um, you know, like Billy Bean would not like it because it's a hunch. It's not hard data-driven. But I just think that they're not going to get to Sunday, let alone win the thing, unless either Friday or Saturday is one of those big Vescovi games. It just seems like he's due for one. Barnes keeps playing him, and people are saying, why are you playing him so much? I I'm not saying Barnes is infallible because he makes mistakes. There's been things like we mentioned with Kumwan earlier, things this year that we're going, what are you doing here? You know what? This doesn't make a lot of sense. 
However, the guy's been doing this for a long time. He's won a lot of games. I think he probably knows his team. And I think it would be nice to see Vescovi kind of, you know, show why he he's had so much why his coaches have had so much faith in him. Because if he has a big game, I think it could I think you're what's his name? It's always sunny in front of his conspiracy board when he's smoking the cigarette and yes. he's connecting all the dots. Yes. He's got a bunch of thumbtacks. You've got a you've got a Santi uh, Vescovi board I'm in your cir- wall. I'm circling it and circling yeah. it and pointing you, at you've it. You've run all the numbers to figure out why this isn't happening. That now man, it's got to happen again. It's time. Charlie Day is a national treasure. That man is a national treasure. Uh, at some point, we're going to play the uh, Go F Yourself song. We'll have to believe <laughs> it, of course, but uh, it's still like the anthem of, of my life. And if you've not seen that, just go just go type it into to, to, to YouTube and, and enjoy the next four minutes of your life because you, you will not regret them. Grant, you got anything else? It's about time to step away from here. We're bumping against some time here. Nothing. You're not you're – not, Ever. How, how far do you think Tennessee goes – um, Saturday feels like the safe kind of in between. Like you, you could beat a Florida team and, and have a good weekend and still lose an Alabama team. And, you know, nobody would think too crazy of that, or you could make a run till Sunday, but based on the success they've had in the past, I'd expect them to at least win one uh, and then see what happens on Saturday. I think that's probably a fair thing to say. I can't say you're wrong. I would like to, but um, I'm kind of thinking the same way. I'm thinking they'll be, they'll be uh two and Q. So I'll call it that, too. Grant, appreciate the time, man. All right, see you. We're going to hear from you when you're in Nashville? Uh, depends. Depends on how, how how long Rick plans to be there. That's a good point. Thanks, man. See you. He did it again. He always does that. He could just wait, like, two or three minutes and hit that button. But he never does it. He never does it. Guys, thanks for listening. I'm Wes Rucker, 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown, 24-7 on Twitter. And Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan, 24-7 on Twitter. You can also, if you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, go get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 to get all kinds of good stuff there. But if you want the most delicious, the freshest, that delicious East Tennessee Mountain spring water, just smoky mountain goodness right from the tap, Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets to get coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Lady Vol stuff, Tennessee baseball, administrative news, all kinds of stuff on there. 24-7, we call it that for a reason. We are always there updating with, gosh, 15, 20 stories a day at least. That's what we've been, we've, been, we've been churning out on average. So many reasons to be there. And when we say 24-7, we mean it, and we're on, a, we're on two forums we got there two water cooler places. We got the checkerboard and we got the summit. Both of them open 24-7 and usually throughout the day, at least one of us is there at any given time and we will answer your questions. If you're going to pay us money, we're going to do a job for you. You know, that's what we're there for. Don't be afraid to ask us to do our jobs. And you can get all of that for less than the low, low price of one mediocre lunch per month. And if you pay us the annual subscription already, which again is less than one mediocre lunch per month, then you get access to Paramount Plus, which is used to be CBS All Access. Now it's Paramount Plus, which means there's even a ton more stuff on there. Every show CBS has ever made commercial-free, new movies every single month, all the time, all the time. Exclusive shows on there. Picard, all kinds of other good new shows that you can only get on CBS All Access. Also stuff, uh, live sports, you got NFL you got uh, PGA Tour. You obviously got college sports, SEC stuff, Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, March Madness, NCAA tournament coming up. You can get on there live and on demand. All of that. 
all of it. Plus, UEFA Champions League, which is going on right now. UEFA Europa League, which is also going on right now. Just everything. You get stuff from the catalogs of MTV, BET, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon. All kinds of good stuff. Comedy Central. I was looking through the Smithsonian archives last night. Tons of good stuff on there. It's $100 plus that we're putting in your pocket. $100. That's just us giving you 100 bucks a year. Like 110 bucks a year. Saying, here. Here. You're welcome. Thanks for being a part of us at GoVoss 24-7. Here is an awesome deal that no one else can give you that we'll give you for free. Pretty good deal. Go check it out. If nothing else, guys, you should, you should hear from us. Oh, at some point throughout the weekend with Tennessee with the SEC basketball tournament. Always, we have the Monday episode coming up. And anytime big breaking news comes up, I know we're a day early here, but that's okay because we had to uh, because we wanted to get you stuff before the tournament. So until then, guys, uh, wash your freaking hands, wear your freaking masks, get your freaking vaccine. We're so close. We're so close, guys. We're going to get through it. We're going to get through it together. Let's just do it. We're so close. So close. That's the end of my spiel. PSA over. See y'all soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.